This is episode number 216. What are the dangers of being too driven in life? With Joshua Corporal. Welcome. My name is Oleg Lohid, and this is the Overcoming Odds Podcast, where you get a glimpse into the stories of individuals who've overcome adversity, suffering, and struggle in achieving their personal success. This podcast was built by you and for you to help you overcome adversity, suffering, and struggle in achieving your fullest potential. Before we get into today's episode, I'd like to make a few quick announcements, first one being an invitation to our upcoming event called Survive to Thrive Attitude of Gratitude. This is a two-weekend experience where we'll be exploring the concepts of different ways to develop resilience with gratitude, grieving with gratitude, and ultimately exploring the whole mindset behind what it means to be grateful and what life looks like without this larger concept of being grateful. If you would like to more details about these upcoming experiences, please visit our website at overcomingodds.today where you'll be able to find the full agenda as well as all of the speakers and facilitators who will be taking part of this particular experience. The second announcement that I would like to make is this. If you enjoyed any of the previous episodes or if this is your first time tuning in and you like what you heard, please consider leaving us a review on iTunes, Facebook, or Google so more people can hear these inspiring and courageous conversations. Now, let's get back to the show. There he is. Yes. <laughs> What's up? How are you? Long time no see. <laughs> yeah, seriously, right? Uh, yeah, no, I'm happy. I'm really happy to be here. Thanks for the opportunity, Oli. Absolutely. I'm glad that we're able to talk about this topic because it's something that I've actually uh, battled with for quite some time. I think this whole concept of being too driven And I can't say that I've had a conversation to date around it because it's always been around the other side. You know, what makes someone driven and ambitious and how do you further develop that? What does motivation look like? And I know that when I was talking to you, you you brought up the complete opposite end of that. And I I was just sitting there thinking like, that is a really interesting concept because I think it is a big challenge. Um, And I'll be curious to hear and know from how many people actually experience this as a challenge in their lives. So maybe one way to start off this is I'll share a story of my own. I think one of the dangers of being quote unquote too driven in life in my particular experience is that I have found myself sometimes being driven away from people. And I think the reason why that happens is, well, A, I think it's personality related. I'm the type of person who I love to create but I know that maintaining it and kind of sustaining it over time is a challenge. And I I don't know if that's just like who I am naturally or if there's something else outside of that. And so I think this whole concept of being driven and sometimes too driven, it drove me away from people, you know, talking to people every single day, which you do the same exact thing. After a while, you need a break. You need to find a way to recharge. And so I found myself to be in similar situations where literally I'll take a whole week off and not talk to anyone, (laughs) including my friends, my family, and everyone else. And I'm wondering, do you experience similar things? Like, have you found, what have you found within your own journey? Because you're definitely one of the people that is driven. And I'm wondering, like, are there additional 
quote unquote dangers and challenges that you found within your life? Well, yeah. Uh, so, uh, so I'm in Key West, so you're going to hear all kinds of background <laughs> noises, by the way, for those that are listening. You've got motor scooters and roosters and all kinds of things going on. Um, so, uh, so yeah, I feel like I feel like there is a danger to be too passionate, too driven about something. I don't. It's not to say that passion is a bad thing. It's a necessary thing, mm-hmm. but it's it's also and it's also not in vain, right? When you say, "Oh man, you're too driven," like that's not that's not the point. I think what you're trying to make and what I was um, the point I was trying to make as well is that is that it comes with consequences too much drive towards a goal even if it's delusional in some sense of the word can be a bad thing it can be a detrimental thing you know you can't have you can't obtain something without actually giving up something else and uh and it makes you wonder where this insane sort of like motivation to constantly create comes from and what it is that it gets taken away from your life because of it. It's a, it's an interesting duality there. And I feel like, yeah, we're all just trying to, we're all just trying to figure out a pretty decent balance between feeling satisfied with ourselves and what we create and what's good and, and to a level and a standard of care that we accept and admire. But at the same time, uh, uh, stepping away from that and like, and I don't know, not, not focusing on that, but instead focusing on developing personal relationships in the same, the same standard. So mm-hmm. it's a, yeah, it's a, do you think this is something you were born with, the desire to create? And also, do you do you find it challenging to do the other end of that, and that is maintaining? Because I know that for me, that took a while to develop, and it's a skill. Because I'm, I'm always go, 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 create, create, create. But then there are situations where I remember I was having a conversation with another friend of mine. We are having lunch, and he said, okay, you've created all of this. Now you have to learn how to maintain it. And now you have to develop tools for like developing it, which is a completely different route and a completely different journey. And so I realized that that was something at the very beginning that I wasn't necessarily great at because I didn't really have foundation to go off of. I think uh, there definitely comes a maturity with it. Uh, the more that you do it, the more that you exercise it, the better that you get, the more that you stretch yourself. Uh, the the better you get with handling and maintaining. Uh, I would say, to answer your first question, I think what I was born with is a desire to be creative, a desire to be to be part of the solution, right? Instead of the problem to, uh, to contribute in some way, shape or form. And I think that all I've done is done a little bit better of a job, uh, not letting that light die (laughs) in my life. Right. Um, so yeah, in a way, like I was born with this inherent sense to feel, to feel like I'm contributing and, and, and creation for me as part of that. But at the same time, um, I definitely have learned that there's a difference between like the things that you could do and the things that you should do. You know, at the very beginning, 
when I first like went hardcore. And I mean like, I mean like I left, well, I was working a full-time mechanical engineering job uh, working for the entertainment industry. So we were creating very like complex things for different, different folks like Disney and Cirque du Soleil and stuff. And it was extremely cerebral. It was very like mathematical, very logical, but also creative at the same time. And at the same time, I was like going hardcore into developing mobile apps. I was learning how to do it. I wanted to know how to do it. I did it from start to finish, everything from design development and everything. Uh, that, that, was, that was my way of proving to myself that I could do it. And I didn't know at the time that I could do it until I just went hardcore 150% and did it. And then I did that again with another app and then another app. And I learned throughout that process, the maturity started coming that, that it's not a question of I'm done. I'm done proving to myself that I can do it. I know now that I have given myself credibility. I understand what I'm capable of. But now it's more of a, it's more of a mature and like, like contemplated focus on where I direct that energy. So for me, the maintaining is easier, right? To your question is like, is it hard to maintain that like creative passion? Well, now if I was doing it the way that I was doing it, like five, six years ago, Probably not because I was just all over the place, just creating like a madman and feeling out, <laughs> feeling out the environment. Right. But now I'm like pursuing the things that I, I really do have a deep passion in that I believe in 100% uh, that give me a very deep level of fulfillment past proving to myself that I can just do it. Mm -hmm. uh, so, yeah. So the maintenance is easier now because of that. Mm -hmm. Can you elaborate more on the understanding part? How, how, what does that even look like when you felt that you finally understood your own capacity, your own ability, and also the, that whole de desire that you were describing as far as wanting to prove to yourself that you can do it? Were there other people involved as part of, as part, as part of that process, almost like wanting to prove them wrong? You know, many of the people, I'm sure you've faced people like that in your life. I certainly have that said, you can't do this or you'll never be able to do that or you'll never become this. And then internally, like part of those phrases do become like internal fuel. They definitely do. Yeah. Like, I mean, everybody from my family, you know, like uh, and having this sense of needing to prove myself to members of my family, to friends, to to enemies, right? Like people that I didn't get along with in high school and college, like screw them. I was just, I said to myself, uh, um, you know, I detached from a lot of that. Mm -hmm. I, I did. And that was a very deliberate decision on my part. I, um, I really did like desensitize myself to that for, you know, and it's got its good sides and its bad sides, right? Like on the good side, when you do things like that and you detach from the negative energy of people that are kind of trying to bring you down, it frees you, it liberates you to sort of do what you want. But at the same to like on the same side, it's a, uh, it's also, it can desensitize you to meaningful relationships in your life mm. too. You stop, you stop like learning how to, 
how to open up to certain people. And that that's to my detriment, one of the things that I've essentially, I feel have given up with all of this creation, all of this, like striving to move forward. It's, it's, uh, you know, it's people that end up suffering and that, that ended up being like one of the things that helped me realize a lot of this was, uh, you think that you are doing this for the greater good and you have good intentions and everything's going to work out, but really you can end up hurting people in the process. And that, uh, um, that becomes very apparent in retrospect, you know, once you, once the dust settles and you, you say to yourself, like, damn, like I, uh, I'm proud of what I've done, but I'm also like a little bit regretful of how neglectful I was. Mm-hmm. Would you say travel was a big portion of your journey in this quote unquote discovery phase? Cause you, you've read quite yeah. the story and, and for those that don't know, please feel free to share whatever you can. But I, and I don't want to tell the story for you, but you literally went to many parts of the world. I know the story that we were talking about prior to this recording was you going to India and, going on a bike and taking that all the way around. I mean, that's, that's not an experience that many people face, at least the ones that I've spoken to. So was that a way for you to kind of let go of everything that you were building and then hopefully find a new path in life? Or was there something else beyond that? No, it really was. I mean, that's a, that's a good way to put it. I mean, I essentially, I, well, like I did that motorcycle trip uh, because I, had felt like I hit a plateau in my current industry. At the time, I was a tall ship captain here in Key West. Mm -hmm. And I got to a point where I'd been doing it and I sort of proved to myself that I could and I was really damn good at it. And like, uh, but I didn't necessarily see too much of an opportunity for growth in the direction that I wanted. Like I could have gone kind of like the next steps once you get your license and stuff and you want to drive bigger ships is you either go the private ship route where you're just like working like for a rich billionaire or something on his yacht or uh or or tugboats and like container ships and things neither of those really appealed to me so much so i was like screw it i uh i need to i need a reset like i need to detach figure some stuff out and that was when uh, made the decision to go over to India. And that was two months in the northern part of India, up in the Himalayas, right north of New Delhi. And I bought a motorcycle there and rode all the way to Tibet and uh, back. And it was like, it was it was incredible. It was full of challenges. It was like, uh, again, there were, there were times where I wanted to, where I wanted to, uh, absolutely scream out of pure frustration and i could have because there was no one around like you didn't see anybody for, for days literally uh and there and i wanted to kick the bike down at the mountainside because it would let me down in some ways mechanically like you know i would just have all kinds of problems but at the same time life like when it challenges you that way you learn a lot about your own resilience and your own resourcefulness. And when I look and I reflect on this India trip, those are the moments that I'm the most proud of. The fact that I got through a lot of this and I stepped out of my comfort zone, like, I don't know, man, you're going to find out. Cause I know that you're going to be doing a lot of this traveling too. Like, yeah. like you get into a situation 
where you are totally helpless. Like you are, you are in the middle of nowhere and you have no, absolutely no real ability to help yourself. Like you are completely at the whim of karma at that point in time. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and India is a pretty magical place and stuff just ends up working out in, in some way, shape or form, but it forces you to think outside the box. It forces you to, to prioritize the things that you can control and not necessarily worry about the things that you can't to focus your energy and to get yourself out of the situation that you found yourself in. Not too many people know what that's like, to be yeah. honest, you know, they just don't. And traveling on your own, I think it also presents its own, like you said, set of challenges, but also opportunities to learn. So I've never done that. I've never done this, being able to go to, especially another country, and not know a soul, and it's just you. It's you, me, myself, and I. (laughs) That's what literally ends up happening. And So for me personally, I'm looking forward to it as far as the challenges come because I know that those are all opportunities for me to learn. Now, if I were to yeah. do this trip, you know, five years ago or 10 years ago where I didn't have the same mindset that I do today, I think it could be a different story. Um, I think the challenges may not be met with the same thing. But I think what you mentioned as far as the energy goes, I'm a huge believer in that. Whatever it is that I put out there, in some way, shape or form, I will probably receive. And that, And that's the biggest thing that I think stood out to me to this point in my life is that I really do have um, quote unquote control in the type of energy that I continue to put out there. Yeah. Yeah, no, totally, man. And, uh, and, and that's good to know that to go into the situation with that sort of base level understanding, I feel like you have an advantage for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but on the other hand, sometimes like ignorance is bliss and uh, yeah. And it's, it's better to not know and just experience because I can tell you that when you're in the moment, you don't really think about that so much. Like you you don't think about the fact that this is an opportunity to learn. Uh, you, just, you just spend 100% of your energy trying to figure out how you're going to get out of this. You'd be like you're totally 100% solution oriented. And it's mm-hmm. only in reflection afterwards that you say, God damn, like I, like <laughs> that, that was, that was incredible. Like let's, let's debrief with myself and figure out like what, what I learned from that. That's a, that's the time. But in the moment, like, dude, you'll see like, it's a, uh, it's amazing. I mean, not just with the motorcycles, but, um, but everything with the, with the sailing, like you just, you get into a zone, you just get into a, a zone where you, you don't even question it. You just, you just react, right? And uh, and you do it with a temper, like a like like tempered, not like mm-hmm. angry temper, but like a tempered <laughs> reaction. Um, that's that's, uh, you know that it'll help you. That'll help you survive, and it'll and it'll. It just ex- it's such ex- an expanding experience. So. Oh, dude, I can't wait to talk to you about it uh, when you get back and we and we have this conversation again. <laughs> Absolutely. How would you say your drive transformed after you came back? Like, wh- what what was important in your life after a trip like that? Um, I would say, I would say, 
it was important for me to understand that if I am going to do something, if I'm going to make a, make a commitment, right? Really, really make it like deep down, make it, uh, that I did need to honor that, to show up whether I liked it or not. Um, I just feel like in life, there's only, there's only so much you can do. There's only so many commitments you can make simultaneously and give 150% of yourself to that. Uh, and I think that kind of like ties back to the topic for today, like the whole two driven in life. And one of the things that, that I've seen now in myself and in other people is that that like, sometimes it's hard to, to fully commit to two things that are not necessarily parallel. Right. And, uh, and that could be that could be like what you want to do, like you, Oleg, like what you want to create, the solutions that you want to bring into the world, and and how big of a life that you want based on the size of the problems that you decide to solve. Right? That's a huge that's a huge decision. Um, but you end up having to kind of leave people behind or distance yourself. When you when you make those decisions, it's like you can't commit to you know to being where you were and where you're going at the same time. So uh, a lot of like for me, like relationships suffered because of that drive that I had to continuously move forward at what I thought at the time was like Mach five, you know, like very very fast. Um, <laughs> And it was, yeah, and it was, it was tough. Now I feel like the pace has slowed a little bit because I've gotten smarter at how I execute and it's, it's more fulfilling and it kind of gives me more time to appreciate not creating uh -huh. uh, and, uh, and yeah, and appreciating things that I would normally would have just like blown by. Now, did you ever take any of those things personally as far as the quote unquote bridges that you might've burned? because of this uh yes and no like i mean i by personally i mean i personally feel a sense of regret like mm -hmm. i feel in retrospect like uh, i could have been much much better um but i also the people that you know kind of actually it was what we were talking about on uh just a squirrel looking for a nut like was all about uh what do you do like, how do you deal with people that are, um, you know, that are not, for lack of a better term, like that are not like growing with you. Um, right. And, and to me, like I made that point, like, well, they're, they're just kind of dead to me. Like I cut them out and I very rarely give them a second chance. Like they, mm -hmm. they, they're, they're gone because life is too short to, to, to really spend energy trying to change somebody and uh, so, you know, because of that, I don't really regret cutting people out that needed to be, that I felt mm -hmm. like, because I was, uh, you know, I was, I feel like I gave people somewhat the benefit of the doubt. Like I'm very, the traveling helped me do that, become mm -hmm. that type of person, be very accepting. I can cope with a lot of situations. I see things from different facets, right? 
I try, I, I try to be as understanding as possible. Like, and it doesn't matter as long as I see like a passion and drive in somebody, I'm like, hell yeah, man, I respect that. Right. Mm -hmm. I might not necessarily agree with what you're doing, but that's, that's besides the point. Like I, I dig it much respect, mm -hmm. but as soon as you, as soon as, you know, somebody for me, like doesn't necessarily have that same interest and same passion in life or something, anything, and you just got to kind of like cut them away and, and let them go, like cut them loose, let them drift to wherever they're going to drift to. And I don't regret that so much. Uh, I don't know. Do you, do you, do you regret it when you do stuff like that? You know, I think I used to, um, I'm, I'm getting better at it now as far as not taking those things personally, especially in situations where I acknowledge the fact that like, it was my fault. You know, it was my fault. It was something that I did or lack of communication or whatever it is. And so I'm not, I'm actively working on not taking those things personally through a similar mindset that it, this is just part of life. I mean, people come and go. There is a reason why a phrase like that exists because there's truth to that. People come into your life and people will go out of your life. Um, I'm also a huge believer in that whole concept that people come into your life for a, a reason, a season, and a lifetime. Huge believer in that. I mean, the more I look at all the people that have come into my life, I can literally put all of them into those three buckets. You know, there are people that have stayed in my life since quote unquote day one. There are people that, that have been in my life for a month, for a week. And I think there is the, the point that you mentioned that's also interesting to kind of dissect or focus on is this concept that not everything always has a reason behind it. You know, like, and that took me a long time to understand. Like when a person comes into my life and then they leave 24 hours later and never, never hear back from them. And then meanwhile, I'm sitting back there and thinking, what did I do wrong? What can I do better? <clears throat> when the reality of the matter was in actually having a conversation with that person or those people down the road, they just said that they were experiencing challenges of their own. Had nothing to do with me. And so I think that whole concept of taking it personally, that is something that I'm actively working on as we speak. But then there's there's another point that I wanted to touch upon that you've kind of um, hinted at a couple of times, and it's this whole concept of projecting your drive onto other people. So you're driven. I know that I'm driven. That's just something that I know about you know myself, who I am as a person. And I'm wondering, how do you personally draw the line when it comes to projecting your own drive and your own version for growth onto other people without having them, you know, kind of like follow the same thing or not, because that sounds like that's a situation where your concept of you're dead to me <laughs> is probably going to be more alive than ever, especially if they don't meet the same standard of drive when it comes to you. Yeah, it's a really good question. I mean, to be honest, I uh, typically ask for forgiveness uh, before asking for permission to do that. Like, um, I, I don't know. I don't know how somebody draws the line necessarily between between trying to shine as their own star, quote unquote, right, mm -hmm. and be and and truly be like enthusiastic about life but then not necessarily expect or hope 
you know, uh, to see that in others. There's an understanding there for sure. I mean, I, uh, at this point in time, like I, it's an unfair projection for me to expect that everybody is going to think like me. I mean, it's, it's definitely not realistic. It's, uh, delusional to think that, mm-hmm. but, um, but that's why I feel like there's a, there's a, I don't know, almost like a level above it where I just, I look for just a passion. You know, if, if someone, the standards that we're talking about doesn't necessarily have to be like what they're doing, but how mm-hmm. they're doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, and if that's infectious for me, like I love that. And if someone doesn't necessarily have that same idealism and that same kind of drive and infectious energy with what they're doing. It's a, you know, it, it's not a symbiotic relationship anymore. It's like, uh, just in any relationship, you know, like you want, you want to surround yourself with people that you can grow with, right. Mm -hmm. That, That can inspire you and you can inspire them and you can see, you can see each other grow. And I feel like if you don't have that, then you, you, uh, <laughs> I don't know if you heard that, but there just, there's a rooster just jumped off of the roof and <laughs> is now right over here. Um, but if you don't have that, well then, well then what is the relationship? Like, what's the point? Um, yeah. I, uh, if you kind of distill it like black and white style, you're either growing or you're dying. Um, there's no pause. Well, then relationships work the same way. You're either growing together or you're dying together. Like why in the world would you want to spend your time with anybody where you're dying together? Uh, yeah. so, uh, yeah. So that's, that's, there is no hard line for me. I, I, I go by, I go by feeling with that. I feel I just, it's a, it's more of an instinctual thing than, than a science. And I think as you, even as you share this, what makes me think of was this whole concept of people pleasing. Even in that particular situation, it, as we're having this conversation, it makes me realize that what is the point of thinking about what that line looks like? Instead, just be you, however it is that you show up in the world. And then those that choose to be a part of your community and your tribe are the people that you're looking for anyway. So in a way, it's kind of like a win-win situation, right? Because then you're not, you're no longer pleasing other people. You're no longer wasting anyone else's time. And you're not wasting your time of figuring out, do I fit in here or not? Or how do I belong here? Or what can I do differently? And I think, I don't know if this has been your challenge, but for me, this was definitely a challenge at a certain point in my life where I was I was constantly trying to figure out like, what does it mean for me to belong in this world? What does that look like? How can I actively do this? And that journey was a long journey that I don't want to go on again. <laughs> like, I feel like I've learned all the, not all the lessons, but I've learned all the lessons that I needed to, to keep moving forward. And so there became a point where I just know there are certain part, certain parts of this journey. I don't want to revisit again. And that whole concept of trying to find my belonging and do I fit in here or not is one of those. It makes sense. No, I mean, because 
like not too many people have had the experiences that you have had. I mean, those cut you to the core, mm -hmm. um, the things that you've done. And I can understand like, especially at such a young age where you had questions being impressed upon you, right? Where you, you did take it personally and it did, it did, I don't know, like almost manifest and spill over into an idea of people pleasing because you don't want that, that fear of abandonment. Like you don't want that. And so you, anyone would just naturally internalize that thinking that that situation is caused by something that was their fault. Mm -hmm. And it's, uh, you know, it, it takes a lot of maturity to get over that and essentially like unlearn a little bit um, and start to realize, like chip away at it, start to realize that uh, it really doesn't, really doesn't, the, the world, you know, shouldn't necessarily work that way. And once you, I feel like the more that you chip away with it, the more exciting it gets the world mm -hmm. because then it's freeing you of, of really caring what the hell other people think. Like I definitely, I definitely do care. I definitely do care. Uh, not a monster, but, <laughs> but, <laughs> but you know, it's like, there is an amount of people pleasing that has to be done in the world. I just think that it's inevitable, but it's the right people. You know, it's identifying who you think are the right people. Um, you know, if you're in a relationship, like, uh, like your partner is somebody that is important to you and you want to make them happy, like, and they want to make you happy. And that's an amazing, that's an amazing partnership. Uh, but if you don't, necessarily have that depth of a partnership the people pleasing thing is a little less important mm -hmm. uh, in my opinion so i hear you man like it's a it is not not an easy thing but i think that you'll i think that you really will get a lot out of of the traveling and the experiences and mm -hmm. uh um yeah it's so funny like i was in where the hell where the hell were we? We were in, uh, oh, we were in Belize. Was it just you or did you go with someone else? Uh, for what? For, for the trip. When, oh. when you went for India or did you just meet people along the way? Uh, a little bit of both. So India was myself and the girl that I was with, right? So mm -hmm. uh, she was from Israel and we went over together and uh, did this motorcycle trip together which actually is in a story in itself because <laughs> when you're, when you're like, when you're riding the motorcycle um, and, uh, and you're also kind of responsible for another human life as they're riding on the back, uh, it just took it to a whole nother level of, of stress, like in a good way, in a bad way. Um, I didn't even think about that. Do you, is that an active thought in the back of your mind? As far as like, there's another person, I got to be more careful, things like that. God. Yeah. Like you take way less risks. Um, I laid the bike down uh, twice and then one time we hit a rickshaw, um, but we didn't necessarily go down. But each one of those times, um, you just, you, you get disappointed in yourself. You know, when you let that happen to somebody else, somebody that couldn't, had no control that trusted you you lay the bike down and uh and you think about what you could have done differently to not have had that happen um no one was hurt like seriously anyway but uh 
Um, but yeah, that's a, that's a thing that you think about. It's just always in the back of your mind constantly. Um, and actually, now that I think about it, that's kind of an interesting metaphor for, for your, your people pleasing analogy. Mm -hmm. You know, I feel like everybody's got that person on the back of their motorcycle that they're mm -hmm. thinking about. And sometimes they, uh, they belong there and sometimes they don't, you know, mm -hmm. that's a really uh, good point. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes that person is you. Yeah. I mean, it could very well be that, uh, or at least it's the person that you think that you should be, you know, mm -hmm. like that, uh, that you're projecting that you want to, you want to be the front facing, you know, version of Oleg that you want the world to see. Um, mm -hmm. and you're trying to take care of them, but it's, uh, yeah, it's, um, it's a different story when you're, when you're not necessarily alone. A lot of the traveling though, I have to say like a lot of the tall ship stuff, a lot of team stuff in there, the crews on these ships, you know, we were, we were small, six, seven people, but uh, very, very tight, very, um, yeah, like a lot of respect. You know, you go through situations, all these storms out at sea, we had accidents at sea, like, cra like crazy situations. Um, they become your brothers, like, and, and sisters, uh, and, and so they're, they're family at that point. But also some of the best traveling that I've ever done is just by myself because it just gives you the flexibility to uh, take chances, to meet, meet new people, to gain confidence that, that you can and that you can communicate with folks that you don't even speak the language and, uh, and yet you can, you can exchange ideas uh, and smile and laugh with them and, and get to know them. It's a special feeling, man. So whether you do it with someone or you do it by yourself, I think either way, uh, mm -hmm. you'll, uh, man, you're just going to get, I would do it again if I could mm -hmm. right now. <laughs> yeah. How do you deal with isolation? Mm. How do you do like I... to be in isolation? I feel like by choice. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, if, I mean, it's lonely. Uh, I heard this quote the other day, like everybody, you know, everybody is lonely and we just spend our lives trying to convince ourselves that we're not, you know, and it's a, it's an interesting perspective, like, like isolation to varying degrees has, uh, I feel a lot more to do with you personally than it does with other people, because you could, you could definitely be in the room with other people and still feel incredibly isolated. Like we would have these, we would be on, uh, we ran 24 hour watches on these ships. So we would be just sailing 24 hours a day and you do it in four hour blocks. And so your watch, you know, it would be like two, 3 AM, something like that. And, uh, there's four people. One of them's at the wheel. One of them's up on, on the bow doing bow watch. One of them's doing a boat check. Like one of them's navigating and we'll all be in this really closely confined space but yet be in our own worlds a million miles away. Um, it's a really interesting, really interesting like feeling, but, but yeah, I think that it's necessary, you know, mm -hmm. I think it's necessary to just stay with yourself for a little bit. Um, 
I think that's where reflection probably takes place. Yeah. I mean, the more that I think about my own times of being in isolation. So it's something that you pointed out. I think to a degree, I can't speak for all of us, but I think probably many of us or some of us experience isolation in one form or another. Um, you know, even the clothes that we wear, you're wearing something different than I am. Like in the way that could be a form of isolation. Um, and so I, I just, I oftentimes think about that. And I know for me, <laughs> I value it. I value the time when I'm just on my own and able to just sit there and reflect and do whatever it is that I wanted to do. But I also sometimes find myself that the human connection is such an important part of my life. Like there's a reason why I do this, you know, almost on a daily basis because I just value human beings. Um, and it, it, sometimes I'll have conversations where I, well, 99% of the time nowadays, I go into conversations with no agenda. Like whatever comes, that's what comes. Because I think that's the purest form of hu human connection. I totally agree. I mean, we, uh, you know, we host very similar shows, right? Where it's just, it's pretty cool having these open conversations and just seeing where, where it goes. Uh, mm -hmm. But I have to say, like, something that occurred to me as you were talking about the idea of isolation and, and valuing it, I think, too, you know, what you said about people-pleasing, and if that's constantly there, then it's no wonder that people value isolation that feel that way because it you don't have to please anybody. Yeah. You know, you uh, can be by yourself, just have to don't have to worry about anybody else. Yeah. And you don't have to worry about hurting someone else's feelings or experiencing that disappointment. Yep. I remember a friend of mine recently said, he said, if I haven't disappointed you just yet, just wait. And that sentence was so powerful because a, he gave me a target, a working target to look for reasons of disappointment in our friendship. But then B, I think this whole concept of disappointment, like it's a real thing. That's why I, I personally don't believe, and I'm curious to hear your perspective on this, this whole concept of eliminating or finding ways to eliminate like the stress, depression, anxiety, all these things. I don't know if that's a possible thing. You know, I, I think if there's anything like that is a mission impossible, they're always going to be there. I mean, even in your situation, you know, you, you've dealt through X, Y, and Z, and then you got on a boat, you're in open water. What, are you going to not experience anxiety when the boat is about to flip? Or when you're literally looking down and you're thinking, like, is this the last breath I take? It's, those are real feelings. Yeah. Yeah, no, you're right. Uh, I, <laughs> I don't know why anybody would want to would want to eliminate stress. I mean, I, I personally am, am kind of a guy that thrives on it, really. Um, it helps me perform at my best. Like, I, I just, I feel like people, I've used it a little bit better. Like, I've learned to use stress a little bit better. And I don't let it kind of stop me from doing stuff. But in fact, I'm more driven in stressful situations. Um, but yeah, I like, if you didn't have that, if your goal in life was to eliminate stress and disappointment and feel happy all the time, um, I think that that's, I think that I agree with you. That's a mission impossible. That's a, 
that's a complete fabrication. Um, all you can really hope for is to uh, is to trade in some of your existing problems for maybe a little bit better problems. But no matter what you do, you are going to have problems. Uh, but you should be thankful. You should be thankful for that in a way. Um, and I'm not talking about problems that are life altering problems that you have no control over and you know, like, like health issues, for instance, things that you didn't ask for in this mm -hmm. life. Like that's not what I mean. What I mean is like the problems that you allow yourself to get into, um, those types of things, they, they help you grow. They help you grow. And, uh, I'm going to move this way because we're now starting to pour, pour down rain. Right? <laughs> We've uh, experienced everything. <laughs> the roosters, the rain. <laughs> um, I love it. You know, that's what helps you. That's really what helps you grow. Um, mm -hmm. If you don't have that, there will be no growth. And if there's no growth, then you will feel absolutely stagnant and stuck in life. And that's no way to live. Mm -hmm. you know? Josh, what's the best way that people can learn more about you, your work? I know that you also host a podcast, Fire Builders, correct? Yep. And Fire. Have a, this, I think this website here, it's like the wait list that you had on your site. I'm assuming it's for the software that you're launching is that correct yeah yeah in fact uh in fact that that site like this site that you're seeing on your screen if uh it can actually even be shortened if you just go to firebuilders.io you'll end up you'll end up here uh, uh -huh. if that's easier for people to see but that's a piece of software that i created that helps with accountability i basically i took uh, all of my experiences as the tall ship captain all these travels and all these things that i've done and i baked them into a way to uh um, scale accountability and now coaches use this stuff this this software to increase their engagement and you know and and uh, decrease the churn of their programs stuff like that so it's a it's a really really helpful piece of software and it's all built it's all built from my own experiences I actually built it for my mom the very first version it's another story anyway uh, so but yeah and then I have a show called fire builders live which you were on and uh, and I do this six days a week where, you know, we have these conversations and we take these big ideas and we break them down into small steps. So, uh, yeah, Fire Builders Live. Um, that's, Are there uh, any, other, any other places that people can connect with you outside of that? Yeah. Um, so I, uh, you can follow me on Instagram. It's uh, Saltwater CEO. And, uh, and just like you found it's also joshuacorporal.com is like a, mm -hmm. like a general, general site for me. Um, yeah. So a couple places or just, just Google Josh Corporal, something, something, something will come up. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, thank you for being a part of this and thank you to all the people that choose to tune in. One thing that I'll mention is if you've enjoyed anything when it comes to this episode, please consider leaving us a review on Facebook or LinkedIn. That will help us out tremendously. But outside of that, Josh, I think that was incredible and conversation that you and I have and continue to have you know, as far as these topics go. It's, it's never, um, it's never a dull moment. It, it's always an experience that I'm able to learn and walk away from. And just, I, I'm, I can say that having learned just a little bit about the whole travel aspect, as you mentioned, I'm thrilled. Like I'm ready to go now. 
if I could. <laughs> Same here, man. Trust me. Uh, but no, honestly, I, I love what you're doing. I, uh, I think this is a great platform. You're doing a great job. Uh, I'm so thankful to be here and to be able to have this conversation with you. So thank you for having me on and good luck with the travels, man. Uh, it's going to be killer. Thank you. Thank you all for listening to today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. If you haven't done so already, please consider subscribing to our future episodes so you can receive all of the latest content as well as the latest episodes. Also, if you like what you heard, please consider leaving us a review on iTunes, Facebook, or Google so more people can find these courageous and inspiring conversations. Once again, we thank you for listening and we'll look forward to having you next week.